You're listening to a message brought to you by Christian Life Church Hereford. If you would like to find out more about us, go to www.clch.cc. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yeah, brilliant. Okay, it's been a oh, just a fantastic morning so far. As you said, it just just the sense of the presence of God in this place. Yeah. Yeah, I just sort of, this morning as, as we were worshipping and as we were, isn't it great that we can sing without having to have, as great as they are, the musicians playing because it's the sound of our heart that God wants to hear. Amen. And I just, I just had a sense that God was just, you know, he's just walking around, touching, touching you. Yeah. yeah, did you feel the touch this morning? It's the Holy Spirit. Just here, just, just, just a fantastic time. And uh, I just praise God. For the name of Jesus. Praise God for the name of Jesus. Those that don't know me, my name is Tony. I'm one of the uh, part of the leadership team here. And um, yeah, I've been here for, we've been here for 30 odd years now. And it's just, yeah, we're not going either. Sorry. <laughs> not yet, anyway. Unless God says. Anyway. A couple of weeks ago, Tim looked at God's call on our life. And he said that Jesus said, follow me. And that above all else, we are individually called by name to be with him, to follow him and to be on mission with him. That's what we're called to do. He reminded us that there is a cost to that call. And that's to be all in, to be all in. To surrender our plans, our ambitions for his. Because his are better than ours. Amen? Yeah, Jack may not know what's what's ahead of him. But God does. His plans are the best plans for his life and the best plans for our life. And towards the end of his talk, Tim mentioned that part of that calling is to serve. Whether we serve with a little or serve with a a large amount, that we serve, and that we can have joy in that serving as part of our ministry, but also as part of our worship to God, that we serve out of worship. We've already heard a lot this morning about serving. Okay, we honoured two people here because of their servant heart. And what I want to look at this morning is our calling as servants. That we're called to be a servant. That is part of the calling that Tim talked about a few weeks ago. Whether it's serving God, whether it's serving the church, whether it's serving the world, whether it's our places of work, our places of study, or the communities that we touch with our own lives. If we agree that we are called to be followers of Jesus, yeah? That's two of you. (laughs) Three of you, we're getting there. If that's what we believe, we're called to be followers of Jesus, then we're called to be servants. Why? Because Jesus 
was the greatest example of a servant for us to follow. So there was a, in, in the, in, in the uh, New Testament, as, um, in a um, number of the, of the um, books of the New Testament, it talks about a time when two brothers who followed Jesus, James and John, had a bit of a tiff, a bit of an argument. And, and they said, Jesus, we want, you know, when you go on your throne, can one of us sit on your left and can one of us sit on your right when you're in glory? And then Jesus got all the disciples together and he taught them this. From Mark 10, it says this. Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world lorded over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader amongst you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. That was Jesus' view of leadership. And we're all called, in a way, to be leaders. We're also called to be followers, disciples. And so if Jesus has said that to them, then he's saying that to us. And just to be absolutely sure, Paul then takes it and, and, and says a similar thing to the church in Galatia. He says this, For you have been called to live in freedom. My brothers and sisters, this morning, chains. Remember we were singing about chains, yeah? The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus brings freedom to our lives. That's what we were singing. But then he says, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. The problem is certainly for me, is that sometimes I can see being a servant, serving, serving others, whoever it may be, as the way the world sees it. Because the world sees a servant as somebody lower, as somebody below, somebody with less authority, Somebody who is just lesser. They are a lesser person. And the people being served as greater, as with more authority. That is the world view that we can often get trapped into. That being a servant means we are lower than others. And so what we try and do is get up the ladder, as it were. You know, if any of you, you know, are in a, in, a, in a large company, then sometimes, you know, it's about, it's always about promotion. I need to get promoted. I want to get higher up. And then I've got people under me. People that I can tell. Oh, just remember when you went to school 
and the first time you go to school, so certainly when you're in you know, your first year, all the big kiddie-winkies, all the ones at the top, all the prefects, all the people that have been there for a few years, do all sorts of stuff to you because you're the very bottom. But what happened when you got to the top? You did the same thing to the poor little kiddie-winkies at the bottom that were in there then. It sort of comes around and goes around. We do that sort of stuff. There's something in us, isn't it? I need to be up here, not down here. But that's the world view of serving. That's the world view. And even sometimes we can talk about, well, you know, even if I am a servant, I'm a better servant than you are. Because the person I'm serving has more authority than you have, than yours has. Have you ever watched Upstairs, Downstairs? Years ago. Anyone watch that? Yeah. Upstairs, Downstairs? Downtown. You had, you had, or Downton Abbey? Yeah, you got well, upstairs, downstairs. You had two you had two types of servants in the house. Back in the day, you had the servants that were downstairs, doing all the all the stuff down there. You know, the, and the scullery maids and the cooks and the and, and all the people that cleaned the place. They were the downstairs. You had the upstairs. You had the the ones that would um, um, sort of go upstairs into the bedrooms and look after and dress and 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 and, and the butler and things like that. They had the upstairs. And so the upstairs ones always look at the downstairs ones and go, well, we're better servants than you. So even servants have a hierarchy, depending on who they serve. You know, if you serve the CEO of the company, do you see yourself as a better servant or a better employee than somebody who serves a manager? So why am I saying this? Because this is the worldly view. This is the way the world views servants. Being a servant and serving. But the thing is, we are not in this world. If you are here this morning as a follower of Jesus Christ, that is not your worldview. That is the worldview that you should not have. What you should have, what I should have, is a kingdom view of service. Because we are part of the kingdom. And that's what Jesus was bringing. He was bringing a kingdom perspective to the disciples. The disciples argued and were looking to go left and right of Jesus because they had a world view of what it meant to be an authority, of what it meant to be um, you know, great, great amongst others. And Jesus said, no, 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 this is wrong. This is upside down. In fact, the right way up is a servant, in a sense, is the best place to be. That's where it should be. And it's a great principle, isn't it? We all yes, first shall be last, the last shall be first. Yeah? It's a great principle. And we sort of say, yeah, that's what we need to do. But then, I don't know about you, but even now, I sometimes fight against it. My flesh, shall I say. I sometimes think, oh, do I really have to serve there? Do I really have to do that? We see more of serving as a should, something like, oh, I better do it. Rather, and something we must endure because we're told it's the Christian thing to do. Oh, I better do something. I suppose I can join the coffee rotor. Oh, for goodness sake, all right, Anne-Marie, I will put my name on the rotor for the glow party. 
you're busy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hold you to that. Well done. Oh, dear. But that's the wrong attitude. That's the wrong attitude. I shouldn't be doing it that way. Because if I do it that way, it robs me of the joy of serving the way I want to do it. The way that Jesus does it. If I do it begrudgingly, if I do it out of duty rather than devotion, then all I'm doing is going, oh, all right then. And do you know what? It robs me of the joy of serving. Because it's not come from the right heart. And do you know what? And I know it sort of sounds, whoa, hold on here. Leader's telling us not to serve. I'd rather you didn't serve if you were doing it from the wrong motive. But what I want to look at is what was the motive of Jesus. Because if we can get the same heart, the same motive that Jesus had when he served, then whatever we do, we will have joy. Amen? Amen. So what did he do? Well, he demonstrated this in a story that, again, many of us know about, have read about, are aware of. But I want to look at some principles that come out of this story. And it's the story um, in John 13. And it's the story of Jesus washing the feet of his disciples. I'm going to read a fair bit of scripture here because I just think it sets the scene for some of the things I want to share very briefly on today. So before the Passover celebration, so let's set the scene here. He's ridden into Jerusalem. He's been hailed as a king by the people. Even his disciples are going, whoa, come on, we're nearly there. He's the king. He's going to be our saviour. He's our messiah. And it's in this whole background that Jesus says this to them. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything. We were singing this morning, wasn't it? And that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I am doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you will never, ever wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands and head as well, not just my feet. That's typical Simon Peter, isn't it? Total overreaction both ways. Jesus replied, a person who was bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher 
and Lord. And you are right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth, slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. So what we got here is a really graphic illustration that Jesus did. He didn't just tell them about it, he did it. He demonstrated an act of service, an act of being a servant in a way that would have astounded the disciples because the only person who would normally have done that would have been a servant. That's culturally of the day what they did. It was something that was familiar to them but he took it and he said no. That's the worldview is done by a servant. Me as Messiah, as Lord, as teacher. Me, King of the universe. Me, Lord of lords. I'm doing this because I am a servant. I mean, that's just an incredible picture when you think of who Jesus is that he was prepared and able to do that. And so the question is, why? Why was he able to do that? Why was he, as I said, who was Lord of Lords, the name above all names, the king above all kings, the guy that chucked stars into space, the, the one that spoke and things happened? And yet he was able to completely bring himself under, below his disciples, a servant, a slave. How did he manage to do that? So I want to look at three principles that I think will help us in our serving. That if we can lay hold of this, will help us have that heart that Jesus had. And then enable us to serve in whatever capacity, whether it's, uh, say, in church, or whether it's out in the community, whether it's in our workplace. Because it doesn't matter where it is, we're called to serve. <coughs> and the three key principles that I want to just look at and focus on from this piece of scripture is this. Serving in security, serving in surrender and serving in sacrifice. So firstly, serving in security. Beginning of that scripture, it says this, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to who? His father. Now, that, I think that's significant that that's there at the very beginning. Why? Because Jesus knew who he was. His security was in his identity as the son of God. He knew his father intimately. He knew who he was. 
You see, nothing that he did, nothing that anyone else could do, could rob him of who he was or who he is. Son of God. He knew his father. He was secure in his identity. And which meant that he could lower himself as much as possible to a position of a slave. He could remove his robes. He could put on a towel. He could kneel in front of his disciples and wash their feet. And if anyone's ever, anyone ever done feet washing? Remember once we did it in church? I think we did it here once. <laughs> Who have I got? Oh, that one's all right. I can do her. I can do them. Yeah. I'm not sure I can do them. Ooh. He not only washed the feet of the disciples whom he said were clean, he washed the feet of the one person who he knew was going to betray him. Cool, come on. Judas Iscariot. He didn't, can you, can you imagine? Peter, yeah, great, okay. James, yeah, John, work his way down, yeah, yeah, yeah. Judas, oh, we'll just go there. I mean, must well, have been fairly obvious. Something's going on with Judas, what's the problem? He didn't. He washed the feet of Judas. What does that tell us about how our servant heart? It says, love your enemies. Yeesh. Do you know what? Loving your enemies sometimes means serving your enemies. That's the heart he had. That's the heart he had. But he could do that because he was secure in who he was. And we can do that if we are secure in who we are. We are sons of the living God, sons and daughters of the living God, co-heirs with Christ. Yeah, heirs of the kingdom. That's who we are. And if we are secure in that, however we serve in whatever capacity, it will never change our position. Because that's our position. That is our real position. Freedom to serve comes from being secure in our identity as the children of God. We've done lots of stuff over the, over the years. I think beginning of this year, I can't remember exactly when. We've done lots of stuff on identity. Father Heart Conference, lots of stuff on who we are. Why? Because we need to know who we are so that we can live the way Jesus lived. There's loads of it. It's all online. It's all downloaded. Get on there. Get some stuff in there. Read the Bible. Read the promises about who you are. Read about you. Read what it says about you. Because then you'll be secure when you serve others. That's the first one. Second one. Serving in surrender. Says this. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything, that he had come from God and would return to God. So, got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist and poured water into a basin. 
Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. Jesus could surrender because he was surrendered to the Father's will. He was surrendered to the Father's will. Not my will, but yours be done. And he said that right near the end. When he was on the cross. Well, going to the cross. When he knew what was going to happen. He still said, but I surrender. Because I know what you've got for me is better. For the joy set before him. He was able to do what he did. You see, he did the ultimate surrender, didn't he? He surrendered to the cross, stripped, beaten. He was nothing more than a criminal to the world. He had no authority, no dignity, nothing except the sign on his head that mockingly said, here is the king of the Jews. He humbled himself before all of mankind when he was on that cross. And in front of his disciples, the people who, said, who followed him, his followers, the people who for three and a half years had been the ones saying, you are the Messiah, you are the one, you are the king, we follow you. He was able to and prepared to surrender, to take off his robes. And so can we. Paul said to the Philippian church, he said this, don't be selfish, don't try to impress others. Is that on there? Next slide. I got that right? Yes. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Jesus, that Christ Jesus had. The same attitude. And sometimes that same attitude is being able to kneel in front of somebody in your heart and serve them. That's an attitude. That's what he had. It said, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. You know, we can cling to all sorts of stuff, can't we? We can cling to our authority that we have in the world. We can cling to our position in the world. Because that's the way we identify ourselves. Well, that's that's how they see me. I I know I've got to that that's that's my position, that's my power. He didn't cling to anything. He didn't even cling to being God. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. You see, Jesus was as high up the ladder as you could get. Come on, let's think about it. If there was a corporate ladder in heaven, where would Jesus be? Right at the top, yeah? Yeah. He was, he is, he was, and he is as high as you could go. And yet he served. 
He was as wealthy as they came. How do I know that? Because it says that his father had, had, you know, was the owner of a thousand or whatever it was, cattle, and, you know, uh, cattle upon a thousand hills. Jesus has all things. All things are under his feet. Yet he served. He was an intelligent man. He was well-educated. His ways are higher than my ways. No matter how clever I think I am. And yet he still served. Surrendering surrendering our lives to the will of the Father allows us to surrender our lives when we serve with true humility. We can serve others with no thought of gain for ourselves. No thought of gain. We can serve others because we know that God lifts us up. As we surrender our lives to the Father and say to him, your will, not my will, be done. Let's not be afraid to humble ourselves before those we are called to serve, knowing that God lifts us up. The amazing thing is when we do that, we find we have greater freedom. And one of the things we have is because we are no longer vulnerable to how the world sees us. Third one, serving in sacrifice. Again, right at the beginning of this scripture, right at the beginning of this story, John says this, he had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth and now he loved them to the very end. And again, you think, well, yeah, that's great. Why was that there? It was there because that was the very heart of why Jesus could do what he did. The key to sacrificial serving, sacrificial love. Jesus could kneel before his disciples, something that only a servant would do because he loved them. Even Judas. Even Judas. He loved them. You see, he loved you and he loved me when we were still a Judas. Why? Because when I had sin... And I was doing my own thing. Jesus still loved me. He had a heart for me at that point, and he had a heart for me, and has a heart for me now. If we then go a few chapters on in John, he's done the washing of the feet, he's done that whole servant bit. He then explains, and I, I just love this whole passage really to me just shows the heart of Jesus and I just want to read a bit from that John 15 9 to 17 it says this this is what this is in a way how he explains how he can do what he did he says this I have loved you talking to his disciples even as the father has loved me then he says this remain in my love when you obey my commandments you remain in my love Just as I obey my father's commandments and remain in his love. I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. And if you stick at the context of where that came from, you can see that loving isn't just love, 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 love. It's serving. Because he did that a couple of chapters earlier, a few hours earlier. 
Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And often we see that as just a, and and that, you know, we see that in war, don't we? Laying down our life as a sort of final, the, the ultimate human sacrifice. But I think he was laying down his life when he was serving them, when he was washing their feet. He was laying down his life then. That's what serving, that's what being a true servant is in the kingdom of God. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I've told you everything the father told me. You didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command, love each other. Jesus remained in the Father's love. He was fully connected. He knew who he was, his identity. And he knew where everything came from, his Father. That's where his joy came from. Not from what he did. Yeah? I don't think it came from what he did. It came from who he was. And so that's why Jesus urged his disciples and us to do the same. To remain in the Father's love, to be fully connected to the vine of the love of the Father where things flow, including joy. That's where it comes from. Again, there's a scripture which I haven't put it on here actually because I... It came to me earlier this morning. And it's in Revelation where Jesus is talking to the church of Ephesus. And again, it's a scripture we all know well. And it's a scripture um, about uh, losing our first love. Yeah? And it says, um, uh, I, I, I will just read it very quickly. Sorry, guys. It's in Revelation 2, and it says this. I know your works, your labour, your patience, and you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have laboured for my name's sake and have not become weary. They've been a serving church. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. You see, when we do something out of I think I better, I think I ought to, rather than out of love, then we're doing it for the wrong reason. We need to fall in love with the Father, with Jesus. We need to fall in love with the church. We need to love this church. We need to love this church. Because then when we serve this church, we serve it with a a heart of love. Nothing too small, nothing too big. Because we love this church, which means we love the people. We love each other. It's everything Jesus told us. And then we can love the world. And we can serve the world. Because we have the same love. For the world. 
And when we are grafted into the Father, when we are full of his joy, full of his love, full of his peace, full of his grace, full of his mercy, because we are joined in the vine, that's a kingdom thing. That's where we get everything from. Then when we serve others, what do they see? They see love, joy, peace, grace, mercy. They see the things of the kingdom that we carry. I think I mentioned this before. Because we carry the kingdom. We carry these things in our spirit. And when we carry these things in our spirit, when we serve somebody, that's what they see. The number of people, and I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again, because it's just so true. I was talking to somebody the other day who'd come. In fact, it was a colleague of mine who uh, I used to work with when we were teaching. And she now works for, um, do you know, works for the council. And um, she, she runs and helps run the um, talk community hub that we are now hub that we're part of. And she brought in some people the other day for a, for a little meeting. And I was talking to her afterwards, just catching up. And uh, we were talking about stuff that was going on. And, and I said... The problem is that people out there are trying to build their kingdom. I'm trying to build his kingdom. And this cafe is part of his kingdom. Why? Not because of the place. Lovely chairs, lovely food, and it's all great stuff. Because of the people and what they carry. We have amazing volunteers who serve but they serve not because they're going to get paid. The reward, and in fact, there is no reward in one sense, but they serve because they carry the kingdom. And so people, and she said to me, yeah, she said, why wouldn't I come here? Because I said, oh, it's nice to see you. She said, well, why wouldn't I? This place is so lovely. It is such a fantastic place to come. The atmosphere is so good. People come because they experience something of the kingdom, because they're served by people who carry the kingdom. That's the difference. That's the difference. That's just one example. Just bringing it to a close, guys. Thank you. The writer of Proverbs said this. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. There is something for us when we serve. There is something. When we serve with the right heart, there's a sense of, Ooh, I just get a buzz. I enjoy it. I love it. And it's a kingdom principle as well. I don't do it to get that, but I get it anyway. Can you see the difference? I don't get it for my gain, but I still gain because of the kingdom principle that when I serve, when I bless others, I am blessed. That is the kingdom principle. That's why I love the kingdom. That's why I love being part of God's kingdom. So let's serve the way Jesus showed us throughout his life. He saw a need and he moved to meet it. He took the initiative. He took off his robe of greatness and got down on his knees. He didn't announce what he was going to do. He just did it. And he didn't want he didn't wait for a thank you and didn't get one but it didn't matter because that's not why he did it and remember now that you know these things you will be blessed if you do them
So sign up to the Glow Party afterwards, okay, guys? <laughs> oh, Father, so we just, can we just stand in response? I appreciate time has gone on. Please just uh, put your hands out because, you know, God is here. God is, God is the one who, who changes our heart. We were praying pray this morning about changing hearts. And, and sometimes you need to change, no, quite often you need to change mine. Because my heart gets a little bit grubby and it gets a bit worldly. Father, we want to serve the way Jesus served. We want to be true servants of the living God, but also serve those around us. Not for any selfish motivation, Lord, but because that's what you called us to do. And right now, Lord, if there's any, any, any area in our life where we feel, yeah, I, I can't do that, I don't want to do that, I, I, whatever, then Father, will you just, just, just show us, reveal it to us? We want to have pure hearts. We want to have hearts that love every person we serve, whether it's at work, I pray for those that are, are working and are struggling with their boss or the people above them or even the people below them. Father God, I pray, Lord, you just give them a heart to serve them anyway. Just like you did, Lord. Father, help us to, be, to serve our church in whatever way we can, big or small. Father, we just want to be true servants of you, Lord. And we know that everything we do for you, everything we do for all of the others, we do for you. So just do a work afresh in our hearts this, this morning, Lord, throughout the week and throughout the, the months ahead, that we can truly live out our calling <coughs> as servants. In Jesus' name, amen.